0: You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Joe Taranto and joining me is Joel Edwards, Sustainability and Resource Recovery Coordinator at Icon Water, and James Gibson, Project Delivery and Maintenance Supervisor at Icon Water. And we're discussing spoil reuse and how it's contributing to a circular economy. Welcome, Joel and James. Thank you.
1: Hey, Joe. How are you?
0: Now, Jane's repairing and maintaining our potable water networks is a pretty massive task. Can you tell us a little bit about what that sort of work involves?
1: Yeah, so we our crews work twenty four seven every day of the year, and uh, we 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 we're not quite sure on how much spoil will come in every day. Uh, that 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 amount varies so so rapidly. Um, so to have a good process in, in place um, for for large quantities is great and. Um, yeah, we've done really well uh joel and myself and got got a system working and it's very functional
0: and so tell me a bit about what spoil is james how does it come about
1: oh uh, well um i think the definition of spoil is a is a leftover material from an excavation um and depending on where we excavate and what we excavate we can't put it all way back in uh, a burst water main is is very very wet material and we have to take that take that away so by the time we take that away and let it dry out um, we need to put, put something back in the hole and instead of purchasing something we have a system now where that dries out um, we clean it we get it tested and we grab that material back at the treatment plant and we, and we take it back onto the site and that's way more efficient than what we've been doing in previous years.
0: And so tell me a bit about what your traditional management of spoil would have looked like before you undertook the pilot at Fishwick.
1: Well we didn't really have a, any any set process. Uh, what we would do is uh, stockpile it, uh, let it dry out and take it to landfill and because it was inconsistent uh, amounts and quantities, we would just let it pile up all through the winter and try to take it away at the end. And That was a huge cost and time effort and uh, now we, with the process we are uh, always working towards getting that material better so that the process is com- more constant and uh, it's just uh, part of our day-to-day work, work. so it's, it's, it's not like a chore.
0: Joel, can I ask you with your work at Icon Water, how did you get involved in this spoil pilot at Fishwick?
2: Um So as a resource recovery coordinator, I'm kind of tasked with uh, a recent strategy that we got through, which is the waste management and resource recovery strategy. Um, But it's all in essence about reducing the amount of material that's going to landfill um, and trying to maximise the value from any of the waste or resources, I like to call them, um, that we're we're producing from our day-to-day activities. Um, So this soil spoil project kind of popped up um, as a a potential to to both save Icon Water um, some money given that uh, we're paying quite a bit for its disposal, Um, and also just to increase our resource recovery rates and and decrease our landfill uh, rates.
0: And so to be involved in a project like that, what sort of teams and stakeholders need to be part of it?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So I guess actually this project kind of really started about probably in 2016 with some good work um, by people prior to myself and, and um probably James been on the project I'm not sure <laughs> if you were around in 2016 James you probably were um mm-hmm. but in essence the regulatory stuff yeah kicked off then we had to work with um the ACT EPA to make sure that that we had a good relationship with them a good trust relationship make sure we're doing the right things um in terms of our regulatory obligations um and that went well obviously for for a good few years and um the relationship was cemented quite well and then we came to them with some a few different opportunities I suppose for us to to reuse things and um, that enabled us to put together a process and environmental management plan for the spoil site um, which involved some some rigorous testing of this material and and put kind of paved the way for the regulatory uh, or the regulatory framework for its reuse Um, and following that once that was in place we could then work on the the more process orientated elements of the project. Um, so that's obviously working with James and the and the field services crews um, to to ensure that even the project, sorry, that the spoil that we're producing um, is low in contamination. So that involves some some changes or some tweaks to the way they're excavating. Um, and then throughout the drying process um, and the management of the soil at the facility, the drying facility. Um, so, so you can imagine that kind of sits across a number of areas of the the business. Um, so there's a number of key stakeholders there, um, and there's also the users of the material in the end, which is can be the same crew, but it can also be different crews as well across the business. So, um, yeah, uh, and then we we got the elements of the the financial. Um, components, so you've got to uh, make sure that the bean counters are on board um, and you have to be able to prove that this uh, situation is a viable one for the
0: business. James, were there any challenges that you didn't expect throughout this pilot? Any resistance to perhaps changing the process?
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier uh, in uh, my day to day just to stockpile this and get rid of it at the end of the, at the, end of the few months um, when it's all piled up. But um, to, to make this a, a, a daily occurrence and to have all the crews invo- um, on board with it, we have uh, 60 field workers. Uh, all of them had to contribute by um, making that, the spoil that's going back to the yards more cleaner. We were finding some uh, tree stumps in the, in the mix and uh, items that didn't need to be there, even some uh, leftover gloves and stuff that may have been in the trenches. Uh, they're all on board. We're getting a better a better product to start the cleaning with. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we have because our, our it's so wet, our spoil. We found it really really hard to, to clean, to get back into a uh, into a situation where we could use it back on site. Um, so w- one of the relationships that I have um, with our uh, earthmoving company, they found a great machine that would that we could uh, use to clean that, and um, it's been working great. It's got uh, no moving n- no moving parts. It's just literally a scoop a scoop of dirt goes in the top. The big stuff falls out the bottom, and the and the small stuff goes out to the side. We don't really we don't want the big stuff. We just want the smaller stuff. Um, the amount of wastage from that is about ten percent. So if we if we put through about a hundred ton of dirt or spoil, ten um, percent of that is going to landfill and we're using the rest and in previous techniques um, we were spending a fortune on other materials to put back in the hole. So um, we're we're kicking goals, Um, it's not over yet. There's definitely a couple of little things that we would like to improve on like the the speed of the drying times with um, some of the um, really, really wet stuff Um, We can look at doing that with a different machine and we could look at also um, the actual bedding, the pipe bedding material that we use. We could uh, use a different material that's cheaper and Joel's found us a a, a recycled glass sand that will actually bed the pipe um, in our dig ups and then instead of buying um, a a more expensive material there. So we we can still improve on a couple of things. But we've come a long way and I think we've got a great great system now.
0: Joel, James has just talked about measuring, um, looking at tonnage. How important is data in a project like this?
2: Yeah, it's pretty critical um, to to have good amounts of data, reliable data, um, and from from a few years back as well. Uh, just largely to, to show the benefit financially, um, but also in the regulatory sense, we, we need to be able to to provide to to the EPA uh, when required, our movements of soil. Um, so so everything has to be tracked and maintained in that way. Um, there's still improvements to do. We're still um, in part on on the old pen and paper system. Um, but it's kind of it's more driven by the fact that soil doesn't have a barcode, so it's difficult to get data um, electronically. But yeah, data is critical. Absolutely critical. Uh, we can we can analyze trends that way, and we can see, uh, estimate how much we have on site and how much we need to get rid of, and, and how much we're reusing. Um, so we can we can meet targets, but we can also say to other people who may be interested in the product, um, we have X amount, and and we will have it at this time. Um, so it's been really useful, um, in particular with with uh, other. So we, we also send some of the material up to for a trial um, with a with a neighbouring council, um, and it's been particularly useful for them uh, just to know that we do produce a certain amount every year. Whilst it's variable, we can kind of we can estimate that it's going to be of this quantity, uh, and therefore they're interested in it because they they have that kind of minimum maximum quantity. So yeah, absolutely critical.
0: What sort of financial impact does a project like this have?
2: Of the ten months that we've operated the the trial, or we have data for, we have roughly saved around one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars just from disposal gate fees. Um, so that doesn't include the time that was being saved as well from from our crew sitting in a disposal line for an hour, having to go to the disposal site and come back. Um, so, and we've also uh, we've we've increased the excavation costs or the or the amount required to manage the material on site by about $33,000. So if we're weighing those two two data points up, we're around $120,000, $130,000 up um, in, in the net, in the positive, rather, uh, for the 10-month trial. And that, that equates to we're using as well about 86% of the soil. Um, so we're reusing it um, in that way, and then about 14% is going to our trial partner as well.
0: I'll throw to both of you now any other advice for other networks looking to undertake a project like that Joel
2: you need some passionate people I think and and tell the story about its reuse I think that gets people on board I think James has done a fantastic job in communicating the, the positive elements to this soil reuse to to all the crew that he works with and he looks after um, and because of that we've we've got a a product at the end which is really which is really high quality if that wasn't the case if we weren't able to to communicate to others and people didn't buy in um we would have a shoddy product coming through uh it would be unreliable it would break machinery um it would cause problems when it's when it's used as backfill so um yeah education telling the story getting people on board having motivated people is, is absolutely critical to a thing like this it is in essence, changing how we've done things for quite some time. So, um, change is difficult in a business, um, but telling that story is is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I would say on that Joel, that change change is difficult, but um, I don't, uh, you know, from me, I'm not afraid to fail. We didn't have a process before, and now we now we've got one. But so, and I think we've done really well at keeping it really simple. Uh, it's a very very simple thing. And we've got a good outcome um, with um, efficiencies, uh, money. We've got great data from it. Um, I, think, I think it's a, uh, a great outcome by keeping it really simple.
0: It sounds like Spoil might need a rebrand, a better name. I've been speaking with Joel Edwards, Sustainability and Resource Recovery Coordinator at Icon Water, and James Gibson project delivery and maintenance supervisor at Icon Water. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks, Joe. Thank
2: you.